so you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show through the podcast. But what you're doing is you're stealing from what you're oh, doing. Why, why do you? Why, is you're coming why, to my why? home, why? knocking food why? out of my kids' mouths. That's what you're doing. He's unstable, my friends. Don't listen to him. But this is the week we're raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Instead of giving us money for the podcast, how about you give money to the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? Oh, my gosh. The work they do, soldiers, sailors, Marines, uh, a lot of whom have been terribly injured. Some PTSD, some traumatic brain injury, and when they need it the most, when they could fall through the cracks and become a statistic or or their lives just fall apart, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is there to save them. And it's all volunteer. Over 94% of the money goes directly to the guys. I mean, their overhead is tiny. We got a goal of 300000 this week. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. Armstrongandgetty.com. was down 800 points, which sounds like a lot. It's 3%, which is a good chunk in one day. But That's plenty. It, uh, the stock market's so high that 800 points ain't what it used to be. Right. So I heard uh, Maggie Haberman, a uh, highly respected reporter for the New York Times on uh, CNN, talking to their uh, lunkheads. And she was <laughs> talking... lunkheads. And, and it, they are in the full bloom. Dunderpates. <laughs> Well played. Uh, and they were their full-on Trump derangement syndrome at CNN, and they were talking about uh, the, the Trump uh, tweets about the trade deal with China, which were admittedly, in Trumpian fashion, rather sunny and optimistic, um, where, you know, it has not yet been signed in blood, and there's still work to be done. Uh, but that I will absolutely, you know, uh, stipulate that. Uh, but they were full on. There is there is no deal here. This it was over promoted, and, and then the uncertainty, the trade war, and the tariffs. And the, he said he tweeted, "I'm a tariff man." And the markets, investors are scared, Jim. Investors are terrified. People look at that. They read the headline and zabadaba do, and and. Some of that is partly or mostly true, but they never used the words computer trading. Um, and a huge part of the sell-off yesterday was the fact that, and, and, and I'll get back to Trump derangement syndrome, the huge part of the sell-off was you have these computer programs that analyze news reports in real time. And if they see words like recession or tariff or uncertainty or trade war they tell the computers let's sell and then when the supercomputers that trade in tiny little fractions of a a second see selling they dump stocks and so the computer driven sell-offs are a huge problem right now oh that's underappreciated remember when 60 minutes did that story about one investment firm that laid extra fast cable so that they could trade a gazillionth of a second faster than their competitors. Right. Hundreds of miles of cable. Yeah, it was astounding. It's, it's, it's really something. And listen, I'm not the biggest Trump cheerleader in the world. I will tell you this, though. The news coverage... Come on, 90%... boys! Take them down! <laughs> That's a Trump cheerleader. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, can we come up with that song that was just so <laughs> over the top? 
<laughs> that was awesome. The news reporting is reflexively negative about Donald J because they hate him. And the China deal is actually really, really intriguing because Peter Navarro, uh, Trump's main trade negotiator, and Trump himself say they had an hour and a half or two hour dinner with uh, with Xi, with uh, President Xi of China, the dictator. And they went over 142 points of trade policy and disagreement and talked about what she could do and what Trump could do. It was a huge step forward in re-leveling our trade relationship with China, which is way, 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 way out of balance. It's, it's crazy tilted toward the Chinese because when a lot of these agreements were made, they were an emerging economy. Now they're a super giant economy. So there is great stuff happening in terms of making our trade relationship better over the long term. And it's a difficult negotiation in the short term. Have you ever had a difficult, difficult negotiation? We have quite a few of them. In the short term, everybody's edgy and nervous and sick to their stomachs and picturing the worst case. You do. Long-term investors aren't aren't worried about that. It doesn't matter. And that was what bothered me about the whole Maggie Haberman CNN thing. They were acting as if... Talking to her fellow imbociles. (laughs) Acting as if regular people... Look at short-term, you know, uncertainty and like cash in their four hundred one k's regularly. I know, and, and nobody does that. If you do that, you're mentally ill. You need to stop. <laughs> but see, so then they were applying the, uh, they were applying the way computers react to real people. Then trying to suggest that real people are behind the the uh, the the micro drops and the micro trading and the rest of it. And and also acting as if long-term fixing of global trade is a bad idea because it causes short-term volatility. And that's just wrong. That's just dead wrong from a policy perspective and from a real human being perspective. If we could get our trade right with China or righter, that benefits every single person listening to this show right now. It would be a great thing. Can Trump do it? I don't know. Maybe he can. Maybe he can't. Is he a blowhard? Does he announce wonderful deals prematurely before the ink is dry and before the communists have actually agreed to it? Because they they often agree to stuff and then renege. Uh, renege. It's one of the things they do. But anyway, so all that stuff's true, but God, the Trump derangement syndrome in the media is just crazy. And if he gets it through, will he uh, reap the benefits in time to, you know, enjoy political benefit from him, from it? Who knows? I, I, Yeah, I really don't know. It might be 25, 30 years down the line before commentators in much the same way that the, you know, the left-leaning media that killed George H.W. when he was vice president and president, now singing his praises, and Nixon got rehabilitated, the rest of it. Maybe Trump will be seen as a hero in 30 years. God damn, I hope I live long enough to see that switch. That's right, prepubescent girl yelling at me about politics. What were some of the other lines from that cheerleading squad? Yeah, do we have that whole... What they were the what were the what was the name of that Freedom act? Girls? The All America Freedom Girls or something. President Donald Trump knows how to make America great. Deal from strength or get crushed every yes! time. Yes, deal from strength yes. or get, get crushed. crushed occasionally. No, every time. <laughs> every time. Because Donald Trump knows how to, to make, make America, America great. great. That's difficult to get the syllables right. Nah, on that. Nah. Donald Trump. 
Your Pro. Get crushed every time. Yes. That's a good one. Wow. Good stuff. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, Jack, so awesome. You've said many times that financial reporting in the mainstream media may be the most worthless use of human language on earth. Tell and me, it may be. Tell me a dumber one. Uh, oh, please. I don't, I don't know. At least Super Bowl pregame, you find out who's got like a sore knee. But financial reporting, I swear. And and listen, do they know what they're doing or not? Are they are they are they, are they, are they lying to us or do they, they do just not don't. get it themselves? I think there's a lot of the latter. Listen, if you can speak clearly and you're pretty, you can get a job on TV. I just seriously, that's all. I just remember the headlines: the Brexit vote and Trump getting elected. Trillions of dollars worth of 401ks wiped out in an instant. Right. And it was back, in Trump's case, like in a couple of days in a Brexit, yeah. the, by the next week, yeah. it was over. It was back to where it was before. Right. So that's just a lie. And if you've been through that a number of times, you'd think you'd know better than to say that. Well, it, it serves your narrative and or you're just a, you don't have any depth of knowledge. How many times have we gotten reporters on this show and it becomes clear very, very quickly that all they know is the very first three, four sentences about a story. They don't actually know about the story happens all the time. And, and in TV, it's frequently worse. So much like the the Brexit thing you mentioned, or, or Trump got inaugurated and the stock market crashed and the the media became fully turgid over that and went crazy reporting it. It was back in the one case. I think it was the next afternoon. Um, that's that's computer driven trading. And as quickly as the computers taketh away, they giveth back if they sniff a trend upward. And that's caused all sorts of volatility that the news hacks, the, the the talking heads on TV, now equate to actual sentiment, to actual human beings coming to a rational decision about the future of the country. It's not that. So I understand what's like this time of year. I'm, uh, I'm a human being just like you. My family does the same thing. You just uh, Money and calories get thrown around a little more freely. You, you you buy a little more stuff than you need to. You live a, li- a little beyond what makes sense for a little while. This time of year, a lot of people do. Well, how while you're throwing money around at frivolous stuff, how about you throw some money towards something really, really important and meaningful like Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? We're trying to raise $300,000 with your help this week. This you- is an incredible organization that does God's work helping our fighting men and women when they need it the most, when they're in most in danger of falling through the cracks, and these brave, fabulous patriots are on the verge of being on the street, and they do it all volunteer. Four-star at CharityNavigator.org. I mean, this is a great organization. Does a lot of good and does the most with your money. Go to ArmstrongandGetty.com to donate. We'll do a total here in just a little bit. Putin has threatened a, an, an arms race in a nuclear war, so there's that. Maybe how, we'll talk about that. Quick thought. How much do you give to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? And this is, it does not matter how much you make or how much money you have. Give till it's just a little uncomfortable. Give slightly more than you can ignore. Give the same way I eat. Until it's at least a little uncomfortable. A little painful. Exactly. Armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is interesting and a shock, I'm sure, to the people at Chicken of the Sea. According to the Department of Agriculture, consumption of canned tuna over the last three decades is down more than 40%. Fewer people are eating tuna out of cans than ever before. And the tuna companies are blaming millennials for this. According to their research, young people aren't eating tuna because they don't want to go through the hassle of opening a can. <laughs> Gee, and all along, I thought it might have something to do with the fact that canned tuna is disgusting, but I think no, tuna's not. lucky they were around for as long as they were. Basically, they tricked us into eating cat food for 100 years. <laughs> wow, well, yeah. anti-tunaists. Well, but it, you know, it is what it is. I don't think the millennials... It is delicious. <laughs> I don't think millennials like the taste of tuna. Canned tuna. That doesn't make any sense. It's fabulous. <laughs> well, that's what our it's parents. Tuna. That's what our parents would have said about liver and onions. Boy, but they were wrong, and I'm right. That's the difference. I saw one theory that blamed uh, the 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 new prevalence of open offices being this that you can no longer just have your tuna sandwich that's in the privacy of your own thing, but oh. you are inflicting your meals. They are smelly. upon the six people you're sharing a workspace yeah, with. It is a little odorific. If, if you do a Twitter search for tuna open office, there's just hundreds, if not thousands, of people complaining about <laughs> was, this should be oh company policy. To, it should not wow. be allowed. Wow. I do hate that's smelly funny. food. Oh yeah, airplanes, offices—it's oh, terrible. Disgusting. So speaking of things millennials have ruined, including bedspreads, fine china, and uh, tuna, uh, we got this note from Millennial God, Drew. They're right about so many of those. And, and fine china is pointless. Bedspreads are pointless. It's fancy. It's, it makes you feel special. <laughs> you sit down to a meal with the china. Uh, and restaurants, we found out, are uh, rapidly declining. Your Hooters and, and, and Good. Another, short another McGee's or whatever that one place another is. Another win for the millennials. Uh, we didn't ruin Hooters, Jack. The internet did, writes Millennial Drew. The entire internet is boobs. They're on immediate demand. I don't have to spend $15 on mediocre buffalo wings and sneak peeks when she's not looking than try to imagine what they look like. <sighs> Simple supply and demand. Yoga pants didn't help either. A stroll around campus in sunglasses beats the hell out of Hooters. It's a miracle we've accomplished what little we have with the prevalence of yoga pants in the internet. <laughs> Hooters was dumb before the internet. Right. Well, um, and and the anybody paying attention to it was dumb because the the young lady is there and they're very fit and I respect the time they put into their their physical fitness. Um, it's like every sports bar I've ever been in. Right, they just had a, a corporate brand. Uh one more nugget about uh, not headline news before we do an update on uh, Warrior Foundation. What parents say they do on their morning commute? See if this sounds like you. Forty-three percent of moms put on makeup while they're driving to work. Fifty-two percent of dads shave while they're going to work. What? You tell me half no, of dads that's not shave true. while they're going to that work. That is just not How true. How many times have you shaved in the car? I don't think I've ever shaved in the car. Neither have I. Maybe plucked a nose hair, but that doesn't count. Thanks for that. I've seen guys going to town with electric razors. I have seen that. Yeah, too. but fifty-two percent. I didn't please. tally them. <laughs> read read no more of this uh, tripe. Okay, I'm just telling you. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I just that can't be. They regularly do or have done it once in their life. I don't know. Oh know. yeah, wait a minute. You ask me about things I've done once. Yeah, the, the list gets considerably Say longer. Say they do. So whatever that means. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Uh, one of the the best things to do with your money out there. We're hoping for three hundred thousand dollars by Friday. We've got more guests lined up during the week. 
Um, but let's do a, a total. Gladys, if you could hit the snare drum. 138,798 American dollars. Okay, I'm feeling a... All right. I'm feeling a need for a challenge at some point this morning. Oh, boy. Or one of those things where we do something horrific on the air. Oh, not the carrot, but the stick. Yes. Oh, boy. (laughs) Where where we don't stop doing it until we get to a certain number. Now, we have suggestions. We could do Sean talking about the stock market. Oh, boy. Which is not bad. You guys want to hear about it? It's very bad. Inverted yield curve. Oh, no. My wife keeps suggesting uh, turning up the microphone and having me do my eye squeak thing. (sighs) Because my eyeballs make a noise when I rub them. Oh, get some lube on there or something. Is it because I don't drink enough water? I'm like the Tin Man? (laughs) Exactly. You you scrape when you walk. I came up with the challenge for myself. I was going to read Costco's warranties and their (laughs) returns and exchanges, their whole website over and over again. Yeah, user policy for like, uh, you know, uh, Facebook. Terms of service agreements. Terms of service, yeah, read the entire thing. Until we hit a certain goal. So maybe we do that, I don't know, later this hour or next hour to hit a certain goal. We'll, 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 we'll come up with a number. But give generous, uh, generously, armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. Media missteps in the coverage of former President George H.W. Bush's death from a derogatory associated press tweet to the old gray lady, the New York Times, including misleading info in its obituary of fueled new accusations of media bias. I'm not sure there's any more evidence needed. Frankly, you have the jury standing up shouting, we're ready to execute him. Stop giving us witnesses. I would say in general, I have been surprised of the adulation from the mainstream media for George H.W. Bush more than I expected. The AP notably backed off a widely criticized tweet sent shortly after Bush's death was confirmed. The now-deleted message said, George H.W. Bush, a patrician New Englander whose presidency soared with the coalition victory over Iraq and Kuwait, but then plummeted in the throes of a weak economy that led voters to turn him out of office after a single term, has died. He was 94. That's, the tweet was immediately slammed, a long the, list of people. That patrician part obviously doesn't need to be in there. The AP eventually deleted the tweet and admitted the gaffe. Quote, we've deleted the tweet and revised the story on the death of President George H.W. Bush because the tweet in the opening of the story referenced his 1992 electoral defeat and omitted his WW2 service. It also omitted Ross Perot and... Well, Everybody admits uh, omits Ross Perot when they talk about Clinton winning the election. Right. Uh, it took two days for someone at AP to realize their story was biased garbage, wrote one writer... Far-left website Slate complained that Bush's obituaries didn't include groping allegations made against Bush during the final years of his life when he was confined to a wheelchair and was well beyond the age of reason, and and doctors have explained that over and over. No, people have not mentioned that, and for good reason. I am surprised that Iran-Contra has not come up. I've not heard it on any of the stories. I'm not taking in endless coverage, but I've taken it. I took it a fair amount over the weekend. And I never heard Iran-Contra mentioned, which is pretty interesting because that was a major scandal at the time. The most notable and egregious one was this. The New York Times wrote, his critics saw him as out of touch with ordinary Americans, pointing to what they portrayed as his amazed reaction during a demonstration at a supermarket of a supermarket scanner when he visited a grocer's convention while president. Paper also noted that Bush, quote, later insisted that he had not been surprised by the supermarket scanner. This was in the New York Times. The paper was widely mocked. And students of journalism will recall that the Times made up the story about Bush being amazed. Time reporter Andrew Rosenthal, who would later oversee the paper's opinion section, famously painted Bush as out of touch. Uh, He was not there at the time. 
He wrote, Bush encounters the supermarket amazed, lived the cloistered life, uh, trouble presenting himself as a man in touch. But the story was made up. I didn't know Bush that. Bush was not amazed. Yeah, and we've run out of time as usual, and we have no time to finish the story. But it's very interesting. I wish we could have done it. <laughs> Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? D.C. elite gathering for the George 41 uh, funeral. Russian President Vlad Putin throws down on the Cold War nuke treaty with the U.S. and PETA's call for an end to anti-animal language. Uh, what? Have you heard this? While Tijuana and Mexican authorities have the uh, caravan people in uh, holding pens, it may take up to two months before they even begin processing these people. So the Mexican government putting immigrants in camps and dragging their feet in processing. Because of their racism. Because they're racists. And the racist people of Tijuana talking about how wages are being driven down and how the public resources are being spent on these people and how they're a drain on the local economy. They're not helping it. Uh, so much racism, because that stuff I've, I've been told can't be true, and nobody says it unless they're a racist. Hey, there's Bill sitting next to Michelle Obama, boring her. She's pretending to listen. But Hillary's sitting next to him, and is Donald Trump going to walk past and say hey to Hillary? I know that's a, a, a minor point in a funeral. It's about George H.W. It's not about the caddy behind the scenes. But I do have some interest in if Hillary and Trump will exchange pleasantries. I don't even know. Um, I don't even know if that's a possibility. The logistics of it. Who gets escorted in which way I or the other. I would think somebody would have gone out of their way to make sure that doesn't happen. There's Barack talking to a gal behind him while Bill chats up his uh, his attractive wife. <laughs> Hillary leaning in and saying, I'm telling you, don't. I'm still here, Bill. Don't even listen to him. I can hear you. (laughs) Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, as you were saying, as George H.W. Bush's casket is now being taken over to the Washington National Cathedral, the cathedral is starting to fill up with a who's who of national and international dignitaries for the funeral of the late president, which will begin at 8 o'clock this morning, West Coast time. Bush will be eulogized at the cathedral today by his son, former President George W. Bush, former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, former Senator Alan Simpson, who became a close friend for Bush, and presidential historian Joe Meacham, who was his biographer. John Meacham, yeah, he, will, Meacham. he will be really good because he's a good speaker and uh, and everything else, and not a million years old. So. so I was trying to figure out what the, uh, the, the POTUSes were laughing about with their wives in the front row. You got W, you got Meacham, who's the other one? Oh, uh, you got uh, Mulroney, uh, Simpson, Mulroney, okay. Mulroney yeah. and Simpson. Yeah. And, okay. So you got Bill. Four. That's plenty. Bill's sitting next to Michelle and still talking, and she's still smiling and nodding like you do when you're talking to somebody who never lets you get a word in. Well, and then, he's a, well you hate Bill Clinton. Hillary. Hate is not good for your soul. It's corrosive. I, he's, a, he's a clever man. I haven't seen him let her get a word into this conversation. Hillary's doing the whole when your spouse is talking to somebody else trying to figure out what to do thing, which yes. we've all done. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, dinner party etiquette is boy, girl, boy, girl. But most of the time when you go out with a couple, the dudes start talking to each other and the gals start talking to each other. Right. Exactly. Barack and Michelle need to switch seats and Hillary and Bill, the two fellas got to sit next to each other. Right. And then Jimmy Carter is over in the other aisle. Just hating kinda, everyone. Just kind of <laughs> hanging out, hating yeah. everyone. Yeah. 
Back to you, Marshall. All right, Russian President Vladimir Putin is warning the U.S. that if it walks out of a key arms treaty and starts developing the type of missiles banned by that treaty, Russia will go ahead and do the same. Oh, you're already doing it. That's why we're doing this. His comments follow NATO's accusation Russia's already broken, as you just said, Joe, the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, signed back in 1987 by the U.S. and the USSR. But Putin says... The accusations, nothing more than a pretext for the U.S. to leave the pact. In some comments on Russian TV today, Putin said many other countries have developed weapons banned under the INF Treaty. Now it seems our American partners believe that the situation has changed so much that they must also have such a weapon. Russia and the United States still have enough nuclear weapons to destroy the planet many, many, many times over. When asked about what the response would be if the U.S. leaves, what's our response, he says? It's simple. In that case, we will also do this. Duh. That is the Russian response. Thousands of emails stolen from the National Republican Congressional Committee earlier this year. The major breach during the 2018 midterm election campaigns carried out by an unknown entity. Politico reporting at least four different party sites or party aides had their emails hacked during a series of intrusions over several months that were discovered in April. Another story, Pete is now But calling. nothing notable came of it, I guess? They have not released anything. Nothing's come well, no, out. Nobody leaked anything? There's nope. nothing interesting, apparently. Nope. No no uh, Jeb and, and Rubio plotting against Trump? or <laughs> No. Okay. Nothing, is, nothing has been released yet. There's no Republican John Podesta, apparently. PETA is calling for people to stop using anti-animal language. <laughs> people for the ethical treat- treatment Because it'll of- hurt their feelings. People for the ethical treatment of animals is again trying to get attention with one of its campaigns, this time calling for people to stop using that kind of language. PETA tweeting out a list of phrases like, kill two birds with one stone, along with suggested phrases to use instead to, quote, remove speciesism from your daily conversations. In this case, they suggest using feed two birds with one scone. (laughs) I hate you, PETA. I hate you so much. I love animals. I hate you, PETA. And yet, they are so brilliant. Yeah, getting into the news. Yeah, go on. What else? (laughs) Feed two. You know, it's a good way to feed two birds with one scone. You have to leave my house now. Did you just say that? You have to go. What do you mean? We're going to break it in half? No, no, but go on. Instead of being the guinea pig, use being the test tube. Hmm? Instead of beat a dead horse, it's use feed a dead a uh, feed a fed horse. Beat a dead horse is. A, and I've always I've always hated beat like a rented mule. I hear people say that regularly, right. and I think that's like the worst sort of thing. Uh, it's you a should be in cruelty. prison for that. So beat a dead horse. No, you don't feed a de- uh, a fed horse. That metaphor actually works in the same way, so that one I am prepared to adopt. All right, when I win big, I'll no longer be able to tell all you guys I'm bringing home the bacon. Instead, I'm going to be saying I'm bringing home the bagels. (laughs) I mean, bagels are delicious. They're not bacon. Wonderfully paired together, though. Oh, God. Instead of take the bull by the horns, use take the flower by the thorns. Those are Peter's <sighs> suggested. Uh, My wife hates it when I say mean things about the pug. Thinks it hurts his feelings. I, I regularly say he has no idea. 
I walk. You in need the house to be more like a dog. I walk in the house and say, "What's up, no face?" and stuff like oh, that. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wanton cruelty, <laughs> just for its own sake. Did you all often say, "Did you get fatter while I was at work?" <laughs> oh, to the dog. <laughs> All right, one last note. Comedian Kevin Hart's going to be hosting next year's Oscars. He announced the news who cares? on Instagram. He'll be funny. Who cares? I don't care if he hosts it from my living room. He'll be funny. The Oscars, please. Tell us how to live, Hollywood. Teach us our morals, Hollywood. If you can pause from molesting and or <laughs> raping people long enough to hold your awards show, please lecture us on what a good person is. Maybe we'll do this later. Why Oscar host has become the least wanted job in Hollywood. Yeah, what do they have on Kevin Hart that they're forcing him to do it? Because everybody gets criticized no matter who they are. From my understanding of Kevin Hart is they're paying him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm Strong Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So we'll be taking highlights of the Bush funeral uh, when it gets going, so you can stay here for that. We need to do a challenge for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We've got an idea to raise some money. A little mini goal coming up. A little more on uh, loving memorial to George H.W. Bush pointing out that that whole amazed by the supermarket scanner thing was fake. It was made up. I didn't know that. I, I thought, I, I think that if even if it had been true, it would be a minor point to make. Right. During a look back at a person's life. But So you're saying it never happened at all? Yeah, it has to do with how these narratives, if they're reinforced enough, become the truth. Wow, that's interesting. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. funeral which is about to start and bill continues to talk to michelle as she nods along while brock and hillary stare straight ahead both of their spouses engaged in conversation sure you can have my number baby (laughs) well that never happened wow more fake news fake Mm. news oh in walks trump and melania i'll tell you what i might have to break in with breaking news if he if he engages hillary clinton that's legit that is going to be something so the new york times itself mentioned oh we have a challenge for you coming up warrior foundation freedom station a little less carrot a little more stick so give generously uh armstrong and but so the new york times itself mentioned in its uh, uh obituary for george hw that uh he was uh, he was out of touch with a common man as illustrated by his amazed reaction during a demonstration of a supermarket scanner. I remember hearing at a that grocer's story. convention. I remember hearing that story and I've always thought it was true. The paper also noted Bush later insisted he had not been surprised. But the story behind the story is pretty interesting. Times reporter Andrew Rosenthal, who later oversaw the paper's uh, rather notably left opinion section, I'm afraid I must interject. They have sat down. Melania shook hands. Okay, Trump just shook hands with Michelle. So Melania and Trump sitting next to the Obamas. Melania between Donald Trump and Barack Obama. Trump shook hands with Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and reached clear over to Bill Clinton. It would have been a long reach to get to Hillary. It doesn't appear that they made eye contact at all. And she didn't seem to be helping. Because she could have reached back, but did not. True. She could have stood and they could have made the effort, but I don't think they're going to. So there you go. There's the dynamic there. They are left to right most recent to least recent president from, uh, you got Trump and then you got Obama and then Clinton and then Carter. And surprisingly, Eisenhower is there as well. (laughs) And it's boy, girl, boy, girl, which is, you know. 
It's good etiquette. Keeps the presidents from sitting next to each other. Yeah. So anyway, uh, 1992 front page story about the president being some sort of elitist who had never been grocery shopping. The story, Bush encounters the supermarket amazed. That was the headline. Said Bush lives the cloistered life of a top Washington bureaucrat for decades and had trouble presenting himself to the electorate as a man in touch with middle class life. Rosenthal also wrote that Bush emerged from 11 years in Washington's choicest executive mansions to confront the modern supermarket and made sure to mention some supermarkets had the technology several years earlier. However, the story was condemned at the time by media watchdogs who didn't get nearly as much attention as they do these days. They noticed that the Times didn't actually have a reporter present at the supermarket convention. And the White House uh, said it was manufactured by the media. And witnesses, people who were there, said, no, that was just George H.W. Bush being polite, saying, oh, that's really interesting. As somebody demonstrated to him the new supermarket scanners they had. He did the, oh, that's fantastic mm-hmm. thing. But the New York Times took it and run, ran with it, saying he was amazed because he was out of touch and cloistered and the rest of it. Howard Kurtz at the time was a writer for the Washington Post in 92, noted that the pool reporter didn't even mention the incident in his own story, the guy who was there. That's pretty interesting. National Review's Jonah Goldberg wrote in 08 that the Times, quote, took it upon itself to offer a politically devastating misinterpretation unsupported by any participants or witnesses. They made it up. Yeah. They um, made up a narrative that stuck in my mind as a guy who was barely following politics at that time in my life. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just, if you want to know how aggressively do people with partisan agendas let the opinion page leak onto the news page and alter their coverage to make a particular point, uh, the answer is a lot. They do it a lot. So I have re-looked at this video. This is more striking than (laughs) than I thought. You've got the current president of the United States coming in. Hillary never stops staring straight ahead. Stone face. Staring straight ahead. Wow. Everybody else turns toward him to either shake hands or at least like give him a head Mr. nod. Mr. President, how are yeah, you, sir? The president right. has walked in. Hillary continues to look at look at John. She just keeps looking straight ahead. I'm not even going to look that direction at all as the president has come in. Even Jimma and Rosalind Carter, Rosalind Carter, who are, are you know 25 feet away, uh, glanced over. Well, sir, how do you not? The president just walked in. Ask Hillary. <laughs> Still sitting like a mar. Statue. Well, you get the, the whatever. Last, whatever. I think the last time they've been that close to each other was the the, the third debate, right? In which he said you ought to be in jail, right? So. <laughs> well, there's that. Hey, bygones, bygones. Oh, God dang it, I love that dynamic. She could chew nails into right, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> she might have nails in her mouth to keep from grinding down her molars as Trump sits over there. Anyway, how much time have we got left here, Michael? Uh, you got about three minutes. Oh, we got time for the challenge. Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, we need an update with a mini goal. What's our update? Where are we current, Gladys? We have $140,368. Boy, what can we get to? Can we get to one fifty? Oh, boy. That's, that's, that's a, a reach. Lot. That's a stretch. maybe? Well, if yeah. we do something really annoying, like Sean talking about video games, until we get to one fifty, we might be able to do it. All right. It's got to be uh, by the end of this segment. Sean is going Give to now. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. whatever you can afford, armstrongandgetty.com. We will stop what we're about to do when we hit our goal. 
So, first up, I just thought this was kind of a funny note, kind of video game adjacent. Uh, soccer player Neymar, very good, very talented. The Ballon d'Or is the most prestigious award I in, already don't know what he's in European about. football. I, I got he did not fast. show up to the award ceremony. Why? Because he was playing Call of Duty with his friends online. Video games are the future, people. All right. So, oh, let's talk boy. about Fortnite. Get a adding, job! Fortnite is the most popular video game on the planet. It is now adding a creative mode, so now players are going to be All able right. to jump this, in there. This will continue until we get to 150 people. People go to armstrongandgetty.com. They can armstrongandgetty.com. make their own maps, create create their own rules and game modes. This is only going to make the most popular game much more uh, uh, accessible oh. and interesting for for other people who play it. Oh. Fortnite, it's free to play. It's a it's a great game for the younglings. We know so, we know how this it's works. Not really that great. Everybody's jamming the computer and it's hard to refresh because right. everybody's trying to get there to make this stop. Make yeah, it don't, stop. Don't check. Don't see how much it's at. Just give. Please. It's the only use for the website right now. Whales, <laughs> if you've been waiting around, now's the time. Now, Super Smash. Brothers is releasing this Friday for the Nintendo Switch. This is going to be a really big game for them. It's going to be huge. Uh, Smash What's Brothers. A Nintendo Switch. A uh, Nintendo Switch is Nintendo's most recent gaming console. Is this the game title that can push it past the PlayStation and Microsoft in sales in the next year? Why would, cares? Why would anybody care about that? I don't care if I owned one. It's finally getting to the point where the Nintendo Switch has a giant enough catalog of games to actually justify getting this kind of innovative new mobile tablet gaming platform system oh. that Nintendo is offering. You go to ArmstrongandGetty.com. Things I don't know what they are. Armstrongandgetty.com to give the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station and say, great goal. Our, we're, we're not being able to refresh. I can tell that the computer's being jammed with donations. And now, this is an organization that helps our wounded uh, warriors when they need it the most. Warrior Foundation Freedom Station doing everything from helping them with prosthetics to counseling to job training, everything. And they're all volunteers. Now, Super Smash Brothers has a roster of playable characters of over 70. So now oh, you're wow, probably great. wondering, who is Sean most looking forward to play? How do you know all this? Is it Mr. Mr. Game and Watch? No, that's not it. He's not going to be there. Is it Zero Suit Samus? No, that's not going to be Mr. it. Mr. Shut the hell up. Give generously, my friends. <laughs> Princess Daisy? Maybe, maybe. It's, you know, it's 2018. I'll give the ladies a shot in fighting games. But my favorite has always been Yoshi, the, the, the egg-eating dinosaur. When this game comes out, he's going to oh be the boy. guy that I play Please first. Please go to armstrongandgetty.com and donate to Warrior Foundation. Make this Freedom stop. Station. Only you can make this stop. All that is required of good people and to, for evil to triumph is their silence. <laughs> Pokemon trainers are making their first debut in the Smash Brothers, and in a related Pokemon-related note, Pokemon Go is introducing player versus player combat for the first time in the game. It's been out for more than two, <laughs> two years, and this is going to really open up a lot of new gameplay uh, engagements for the people playing Pokemon Go. This is one of our worst challenges we've ever done. Uh, we will come back with an update in a little bit. Go to armstrongandgetty.com, or we will have to continue you this after the break. I can go all day, people. I'm oh, sure no. you can. Oh, no! I'm sure you can. Also, the Bush funeral starts shortly, and we'll bring you the highlights of that and any interesting stuff that happens. 